I'm Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at Commonwealth Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Woohoo! Yes! So you guys, we're like sitting on the floor in our office and Elsie is beside us. And every time that we do this, I say, in Boston, Massachusetts, and I look at him with this kind of grin, and because the very first time that he said, and on the internet everywhere, thinks the power of the podcast, it was like a surprise. I didn't know he was going to say it, and it cracked me up. And now every time we do that, I kind of look at him like, are you going to say it again? (laughs) (laughs) It still works. It's funny every time. So we're still doing it. That's that's how this goes. Hi. (laughs) Today today is a good day. Today we're going to talk about Heather, and we're going to talk about Centauri. We're very excited about this. Yeah, these are these are some herbs we like. Yeah, a whole lot. Yeah. A whole lot. Before we do that, though. Before we do that, we remind you that we are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States. So these discussions are for educational purposes only. We want to remind you that good health doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. Good health doesn't exist as an objective standard. It's influenced by your individual needs, experiences, and goals. So we're not trying to present a dogmatic right way that you should adhere to. Everybody's body is different. So the things that we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but we hope they'll give you some good good ideas to think about and research further. Finding your way to better health is both your right and your own personal responsibility. This doesn't mean you're alone on the journey. But it does mean that the final decision when considering any course of action, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by a physician, is always yours to make. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then one other note here. Uh, this week's episode of our podcast is sponsored by Commonwealth Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts, and on the internet everywhere. Um, <laughs> that's us! <laughs> hey, that's us! That's us, right, yes. Uh, it's still December, everybody, for a little while longer, and that means that our 20% off annual sale is still going on. You can get 20% off of everything we offer, all of our courses and programs and fun stuff for you. It's unlimited. You can use the code as often as you want. The code is white pine, all one word. Use that when you're checking out. Don't forget to use it when you're checking out. Uh, and that's how it works. Yes. 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 And it works on everything. So... Uh, found at online.commonwealthherbs.com. Yes. So go check that out. Go get them. Uh, you know, and it's funny because... People write and they're like, I love your podcast and I wonder if you know where I can learn about herbs. I'm like, right here, right, right, right here. We, we've we got that That's what for we do. you. That's what we yeah. do, folks. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, let's talk about Heather. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. This I like this herb uh, for a reason that has nothing to do with the plant itself. The reason is that uh, you and I got to learn this herb together. Yeah. It was not one of the many herbs that you already knew a ton of stuff about long before I even met you. <laughs> no, this is an herb that we met together. Uh, so the Latin here is Caluna vulgaris. And also, I I just love c- Caluna. Like, Caluna. That, that's very pretty to me. I'm like, oh, that could be a name. That Well, I mean, it is a name. It's Heather's name. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's, it's so lovely. Um, you know, Heather is... Yeah, why did we even... We, we got it one day. It was a time when we were like, all right, we're going to make a, a mountain rose herbs order. And uh, we were like, oh, well, let's get some other herbs too. You know, aside from the usual like nettle and dandelion and some Like all the normal stuff we normally have around. Some, yeah, you know. 
Uh, and we were like, well, what should it be? And so we were kind of scrolling through the list together. Like, oh, let's get some heather. Let's get some cedar leaf. Let's get some this and that. It is true. We did get those two at the same time. And uh, I will say that heather, flower, and cedar leaf tea is really delicious. And the only reason we put those two together the first time was because they came in the same box. They just arrived on the same day. Yeah, but they were super (laughs) delicious together. Now we do that a lot. It is a real favorite. Um, have... um, that isn't that is a combo that we we uh, have a bad habit of making in the evenings, and then <laughs> and then like oh well I'll just we'll just each drink a quart of this like in the hour before bedtime. What could go wrong? <laughs> Nothing's really wrong, but you are gonna wake up and go pee. Yeah, they're both they're both pretty diuretic. So, yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, you know, Heather actually has become a a really big part of my life. Um, it, part of it, okay, part of it is that diuretic action. Um, and, and listen, when we talk about diuretic action, that doesn't just mean it makes you pee. Um, like that's the end result is there's pee, but it's really about moving fluids. And, um, you know, I think if you're a regular listener, you probably know by now that I'm always, I'm always looking for things to help my fluids keep moving, um, because I, I can tend towards stagnation. So... Um, so Heather already falls into that category of plants I really love because they help me keep, keep everything flowing. They help prevent stuff from getting stuck, especially in my legs. But Heather also has a, a traditional, um, application in that way. It's, it's particularly skilled at, um, you know, it kind of, it kind of goes into the same category as pleurisy root in that regard, like really helpful for, fluid that gets stuck in the legs and really helpful for heart issues. Um, and although my cardiovascular health physiologically is fine, like I've never had any problems with it, but emotionally I often need a lot of heart support. Um, and so this is just a plant that, that any kind of day that I just turn to and I'm like, you know, feeling very low, um, it's almost like Heather is perfect for that because if I'm feeling low, then also like all the fluid is sunk, you know, in me, mm. but also it like lifts the fluid up. It lifts my heart up. It just, it's, it, um, it is really an invaluable herb for me. Heather has a really different feeling, um, even just as a diuretic from nettle leaf or dandelion leaf. <clears throat> even um, calendula is very different. <clears throat> yeah. I think I think you're right to um, locate that in that that kind of lifting feeling um, in the heart and in the emotions as well. I have it's a, sort of a reflection of, of internal fluid movement in the body. Yeah, I have this photograph that I did not take, but um, I really love it. It is a picture of um, Culloden, Scot- Scotland, and I'm probably saying that wrong actually, but. Um, that uh, if there are any Scottish listeners to the podcast, then you can write and correct me. And also let's talk about an in-person workshop in Scotland, because uh, wouldn't that be great? But anyway, is this picture of um, uh, Culloden is a place where uh, there was a, a very large battle and um, a lot of a lot of people died there. Now those fields are just covered in heather and this this particular photograph has like some of the stonework and then all the heather and like a very sort of 
typical gray, heavy, damp sky. And uh, it's, it's just stunningly beautiful. And also, I think, appropriate for Heather. Like, there's some sadness there. There's some heaviness there. There's, like, all this dampness there and cold. And, like, the cold of the stone and the cold of the wet sky and the cold, you know, like, all that stuff. And um, I always feel like that photograph is such a good, like bumper sticker for Heather, you know, just mm-hmm. everything about Heather is right there in that picture. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Heather, uh, one of the ways we like to take Heather is in tiny flower tea. Yes. Um, and so tiny flower tea usually is going to have Heather flowers and elder flowers because those are pretty tiny. Mm-hmm. And, and if I have them, meadow sweet flowers, which I don't have right now, mm-hmm. Uh, goldenrod flowers can go in there. Mm. And even though chamomile flowers are not tiny on the same scale as all those other ones, <laughs> um, they do often end up in tiny flower tea. Honorary tiny flower, yeah. 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 I mean, it is still a pretty small flower. It's just not as small as heather and goldenrod. And, sure, yeah. I mean, know, if we bring like a hibiscus around, then everybody's tiny. Then it, so. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that formula... Right, so so yeah, heather, uh, elder, some meadowsweet if we have it, some some chamomile, um, goldenrod, goldenrod, yeah. This is a a, a, f- a formula that has a bunch of different fluid movers in it. Um, I'm thinking of the elder, the goldenrod, the meadowsweet. Actually, uh, sorry, the heather, and actually the meadowsweet as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of them are are helpful for moving they, fluid, they but in are, slightly different ways. Oh, they are all moving <clears throat> fluids, so, like. Um, I think about that formula with regard to fluid, kind of like if you ever, when you were a kid, if you were ever in an above ground pool and then like everybody (laughs) in the pool thought it would be really funny to like walk around in the same direction while they were in the pool and like start a whirlpool. Mm -hmm. If you did this when you were a kid, you are definitely right now saying, oh my God, we did that. And because it's like a very, you can Feel it starts to move you along. It's a very thing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. When you did it enough, you could stop. You could just pick your legs up and you would keep going with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of think about that kind of movement um, because when you put all those flowers together, you are getting a lot of movement. And it's, it's like many individual efforts that will create a strong flow. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and those efforts are all slightly different, but the end result is strong movement. Right, yeah. So, you know, like the heather is going to be draining some fluid towards the urinary system. The the elderflower is really more about kind of opening your pores and your skin. And um, we, th- we think a lot about, about elderflower for when you need to kind of let some steam rise off of you mm-hmm. um, in, mm-hmm. a, in an upward direction. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that is a continuation, right? Like... It's like top to bottom, except actually bottom to top, because the the heather is coming up from the bottom and then the elder flower is just like, and just let that keep going. Let's not stop it. Let's just let it keep going right Mm. on out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, goldenrod is also moving um, fluid towards the kidneys and supporting the kidneys and doing their part. Mm hmm. And meadowsweet, you know, it has some it has some astringency in there that's very lovely, very light astringency, but also a kind of um, uh, and by light astringency, I mean, I don't mean not effective. I mean, um, light, like 
not exactly gentle. It's not going to give you gut cramps. Right. Can't say that much. It, it's like <laughs> it not all the way to effervescent. Um, and effervescent astringency sounds weird. Anyway, but but it's just like a a light touch, like rose. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so this this combination and and you know thinking of Heather and its kind of central piece in the formula there. Um, that is something that we would uh, think about for physical movement of fluids in the body. But I feel like every time that we've discussed this or, or, you know, made it for ourselves or suggested it to other people, it's been a really strong case of the connection between physical fluid movement and like emotional fluidity. 100% and, like, of the all time. Of your, all of your emotional water elements. Yeah. Um, and trying to help those to circulate well, too. You know, what's really funny is that, okay, so if you've only ever listened to the podcast and you've never seen, like, you only know us from our voices and you've never seen a picture of us or seen any of our online courses or seen us in person somewhere, then um, you won't know this. But I'm six feet tall and uh, currently way over 200 pounds. But, okay, but that's just real. And... um. Rin is five foot, like four, and weighs. If I if I stretch my neck, here. <laughs> <laughs> and weighs like a hundred and some pounds, like a hundred and twenty maybe pounds. Almost a hundred and thirty this week. What really? Yeah, That's almost, awesome, babe. Almost. So we we have really <laughs> drastically drastically different bodies, and also I am very damp, so like I hold fluid like my body's so good at holding fluid like it's my job and rin is very dry um like super duper super dry and the funny thing is that for both of us this tea is actually emotionally very supportive and you might be like, well, yeah, Katya's so damp. She's always got to get that fluid moving. Of course, that would be helpful for her. But I, I would imagine Rin can't even drink that tea. And while it's true, he might appreciate a little marshmallow leaf in with the tiny flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get your fluid stuck even when you're dry. You know, like if you think about when you're really dry and all the snot in your nose gets really dried out and if you if you're sick and it's dry and it's like all pasty and thick and gross and like you can't get it out of your nose but then think about your emotions that way that that you are really dried out and your emotions have gotten pasty and thick and stuck and um you can't get them out Mm mm-hmm uh, so I just want to kind of be clear that energetically, um, you can get your emotional fluid stuck, even if you are not a person who is a literal bog, like, like yeah, I am. Yeah. But like you said, you would, you would have an herb in there to bring in hydration or to bring in fluid in addition to the movers right, of right, the right. fluid. One yeah. thing that, one thing that we do a lot is, um, like if we're making a tea like this where it's really targeted sort of more towards my need for for drying out or fluid movement um then rin will put a licorice stick in his teacup and just leave it there for the whole day and i'll drink the tea straight just how it is and be super happy that there's no licorice in it thank you very much (laughs) and then he'll drink his with the licorice stick in there and that will provide a bunch of extra moisture um, plus, he likes licorice, so that's okay. Yeah. 
That is okay. <laughs> That's great, actually. I really, I, I do appreciate that. Actually, about flavor, um, you know, because with the with the licorice, the it adds a sweetness to it, and it's not your preferred sweetness. No, um, not at all. You know, uh, but um, you know, heather in terms of flavor, it, it is an aromatic herb, but it's, I mean, it's one of those light floral aromatics. It's not exactly like lavender. It's not like chamomile, although maybe closer to chamomile than lavender. It's not. I mean, the you know, flavor like is a... in no way similar to chamomile, but the quality of the flavor is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a floral type. And... It's delicious. It's so, like, you could just drink Heather all by itself all day, every day. It's so tasty. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can make an elixir as well. You can, you can go ahead and do a tincture of your Heather flowers. It'll um, convey its medicinal qualities and everything that way really nicely. Um we default to tea with this one because, again, we're often thinking about fluid movement, and so it makes sense to have it in tea. I mean, you know? also because we do default to tea a lot of the time. Yeah, and it we tastes do, great, you know, and it's yeah. pretty to look at in your cup or your yeah. French press or whatever else. So, like, yeah. these these qualities matter. Um, but, yeah, you can you can tincture Heather flowers if you want. You can make an elixir with them would be quite nice. Um and uh, maybe you have a have a, a different flower tea, uh, sorry, honey infusion that you mix together with the tincture there. You know, actually, it's occurring to me just because I'm thinking about the sage elixir that we have um, that actually Heather and sage elixir together would be quite nice. Mm-hmm. Really lovely. Get that warmth going and the astringency from the sage um, and then all the movement of the Heather. Mm hmm. Um, I want to mention two other ways that I like to blend Heather. One is with red clover, just Heather and red clover together. And this again is like, I, I particularly like this in like August and September when it's hot. And those of us who do retain water are like really feeling that and it's uncomfortable and we would just like to be wrung out. Um, that, that is a really beautiful blend in that regard. Um, red clover is kind of like a full body lymph mover, really has a lot of pulmonary, uh, lymphatic movement action. Uh, and then, you know, the Heather really focuses on the, the sort of lower part of the body and they, they do both have some heart emphasis as well. So, I find that to be a really comforting blend. And the other place that I like um, to work with Heather a lot is like in a PMS blend. Um, again, for a person who has a tendency towards stagnation. And for me, that often looks like um, a bunch of mullein. Uh, no, wait, stop. That's not what I meant. A bunch of mugwort. And mugwort. Mugwort, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. A bunch of mugwort, um, a bunch of heather, and then like some kind of warming thing. To be honest, I don't love ginger in that particular blend only because it overpowers the, the beautiful flavor of the mugwort and the heather together. Um, so I'm more likely to go in like a Damiana direction instead of a ginger direction, even though you might be sitting there thinking, what, Katya has a blend that she doesn't put ginger in? <laughs> I mean, it would be fine, but it's just that the ginger flavor is so strong that you would lose the the flavor of the, mm-hmm. of the heather yeah yeah but so that that is very helpful for me especially when like on those lead uterus days when you just feel like 
everything in your body is moving downward in a very uncomfortable way, um, that can be really good. Nice. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Centauri next. Let's talk about Centauri next, because Centauri is a pretty fun herb in our history of being herbalists together as well. Yeah, yeah, Centauri. Centaurium erythrea. Um, you know, this. we've told this story here before, I think, but um, the reason that I wanted to get Centauri and try it when I was having my very first Herb of the Month experience was just because it has the name Centauri, and it has a reference to centaurs in it. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Let me hear more about that. And it does go back to myths about Chiron, you know, a very famous centaur from Greek mythology who was a was a healer and a well we can call him an herbalist you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh, so this this herb is named uh after that figure because of the medicinal potency of the plant and the people recognizing that this was a really cool flower really cool plant and uh it can do a lot of good for you and then as a sagittarius whose birthday is in two days mm-hmm. uh you were like, this is the plant for this me. This must be it. I've got a, I think I have a, an obligation um, <laughs> <laughs> to try this out. And, you know, for some context, <laughs> uh, at the time, uh, I, I did not have um, an, an autoimmune paleo type diet. <clears throat> I, uh, I can remember, this would have been during the transition time. So I'd met you, I was, I was uh, eliminating gluten and dairy from my life um, uh because voluntarily because you were because you did and voluntarily out of out of um love you know they're out of crush yeah it didn't it didn't all happen at once uh there were certainly a couple of days when i okay so at the time i was also doing a lot of uh martial arts at this particular school um and i was spending a ton of time there so i would like go to work at an office job and then i would leave uh you know and then I would go to the martial arts school, and I would be there for like four hours or something. Usually um, teaching teaching a few classes, teaching and some then, classes, and, and then, then taking your own classes then, really you know, late. My classes were late, yeah. And so then I would get home around like eleven, um, and then I would order a pizza uh, from the local pizza shop, who would also bring me a pint of Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia ice cream, <laughs> and then I would eat the pizza, and I would drink a dark beer with it, and then I would uh, eat the pint of ice cream. And I don't even know how you could possibly have eaten that much. I probably I didn't eat much the rest of the day. Yeah, you know, I think like I think that's how. Uh, the the I would like wake up feeling gross in my belly, and then I would kind of like She's get like, through my work day. I wonder why. And then, <laughs> and then I would go and I would like work out and finally burn calories and generate hunger and get home and be ravenous and then I would eat all this crap. Um, <laughs> And then uh, the next morning he would be like, why do I feel so bad? Why do I feel bad? So like my, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was not smart, but it's what I was doing. And into that context, Centauri came in as mm. a savior, as a, as a, a gift okay, listen, from the world I think <laughs> to my that, belly. <laughs> I think that Centauri is exactly the kind of savior that you would expect a centaur to be. Mm. It is not kind. The, the, it's, it's, not a, not it's not a subtle herb. For, okay, so if you haven't tasted this one <laughs> it's before... It's not gentle. Just think of the most bitter thing that you can imagine, and then take out all of the other flavor elements except for the bitter. <laughs> yeah, it is so 100% if you're, pure, if you're like, unadulterated If you're bitter. like, well, I don't know, I've had bitter coffee. Okay, just take out all of the like coffee scent uh, from the bitter element. Or if you've had, I don't know, like even radicchio has like a... 
like a minerally salty flavor to it. Plus, radicchio is just nowhere near as bitter. Yeah. Like, it's not just that bitter is the only flavor. It's that it's bitter turned up to 11. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, my herbal teacher at the time said that you have to pick an herb and you have to drink a, a lot of it, like a quart at least every day, uh, to really understand it. So that's what I did. And... Um, <laughs> first couple of cups it was like what am i doing ah. I, I was so glad but, it was his herb of the month and not mine <laughs> but um but honestly after a couple of days i would really be craving it and uh i would drink it i would be like yeah this is great i'm gonna feel really good and i could start to feel the immediate effects uh of the herb on my digestion um to help me to process all of the fats and the cheeses and whatever nonsense <laughs> um and to you know help regulate the blood sugar and get the liver humming along and clear through some waste products and this and that and you can really feel a, like a lightning and, and like an inner movement that happens especially if you get that like feeling of just a brick sitting in your belly or in your in your guts um so you can feel that and and that's that's going to be noticeable even the first time you have a cup of the tea you know if you start from that place of feeling stuck and like stagnant and heavy and everything you drink a cup of centauri tea in an hour or so you're going to feel substantially different in there but the other effect of this one and this is why we do herb of the month right mm. is that with extended time you can get deeper effects from the plant and so for this i started to have much more resilient digestion generally um like at the time and even even still to today i have some remnants of it but you know like fatty meals were really hard on my stomach it didn't stop me from eating them, but it never <laughs> went down very well, you know? Um, and so what I would find was that after a few days or after a week or into the second or third week of, of drinking Centauri every day, I was like, oh, this is what people mean when they say they have a strong stomach, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like they just eat the food and then they don't have to worry about it or be like, where's the nearest bathroom or whatever else? Like it was just fine. Um, and this, this was also a period of time when I was like more completely eliminating food allergens from my diet and learning how to make healthier food and more mineral rich <laughs> stuff and incorporating other herbs as well. Um, and so there was a lot of change happening in my physiology, but the centauri was like the, the keystone, hmm. you know? I think that the strength part is, is pretty key. It was something you talked about kind of nonstop at the time, um, I mean, and this is like a lot of years ago. This would have been like 2007 or yeah, something. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, this is something I still really remember about about your experiences that you, you just kept talking about how much stronger you felt like your stomach was. And um, you know, I, like I we have very visual herbs this week because I just I really do see like you know a centaur there with his bow and his arrow and <laughs> you know like this is like like pillar of strength and um kind of like undefeatedness or mm. you know there's not it's not like you it's know, not like I centaurs do... have Achilles heels you know <laughs> we don't think about them that way yeah I do sometimes put centauri into tea blends when I when I want that feeling. And for me, when that's what I'm aiming at, it's usually going to start with some evergreens like pine or cedar, mm. um, juniper sometimes, things like that. Uh, but yeah, it's not uncommon for me to also want like just a just a little pinch of centauri. And that's where, that's the way I work with it these days, you know, and really since that initial month, um, I don't I don't very often just have a whole cup of, of straight centauri tea. Um, when you but, do, 
it's always like, oh, he's not feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, babe. That's, a, that's, a, that's evidence, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, what I, what I do often like now, though, is to just get a little pinch of it and put it into, you know, a quart of tea or, or whatever amount that I'm, that I'm preparing. Um, just a little bit to add that bitter element to get that, that stomach strengthening effect. The herbalist's uh, action term for that is stomachic. It's a little weird to say, but um, a stomachic herb like this one can, you know, build strength in the digestion over time. Um, and yeah, I will I will put it in there for those kind of like fortification uh, formulas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it also is a tiny pink flower, not quite as tiny as Heather, but the color is really similar. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna grow some. Oh, uh, both. This, yeah, this is gonna be excellent, and uh, it is a really pretty little little red pink. Uh, flower there. Really nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Centauri is um, related to gentians, and gentian plants are worth talking about in a modern context through the lens of sustainability. Um, there are a lot of different gentian species from all over the world. Uh, you know, the, the yellow gentian is kind of the, the European most famous one. There's a relative of gentian. Uh, I was trying to remember this a few episodes back. Um, it's a, a relative of gentian from like India and and the, and uh, you know Asia um, called Chireta, uh, C H I R E T T A. And um, you know both gentian and Chireta and other other gentians aside from those um, are herbs that have an important place in medicine. Um, but also in like culinary arts, because they have a very pure, simple, clean, uh, sharp, bitter flavor to them. Uh, so gentian, for instance, is a key ingredient in a lot of cocktail bitters, commercial ones like Peychaud's and Angostura, um, Fee Brothers and, and other you know, bitters makers like that. They'll often work with gentian or some other like simple, pure bitter like it. Uh, to get that element into the into the flavor profile and kind of leave the the clarity of your citrus notes or your mm. herbs with a little sweetness to them or whatever else um, to be experienced on its own. Right. In that mm-hmm. case, they're building complexity of flavor in the formula as opposed to going with something like mugwort that already that is bitter, but also already has a great deal of complexity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can do that too, you know? So, like, when we make a cocktail bitter, sometimes we do want to put in calamus or, you know, some other complex bitter in there because we want to want to emphasize that. But other times you want to let, you know, like, pear and cardamom come through strong. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, that is a place where I'll work with, with centauri. And I, I do prefer to work with centauri rather than gentians because with gentians it's almost always the root that is harvested, and that means that you're going to kill up the plant. Um, many of them are ecologically threatened, especially in the wild. Um, mm. not all of them are organically cultivated, you know, anywhere or extensively. Um, so because of that, uh, that plant is much more at risk. Centauri on the other hand is a more abundant plant and you can, uh, work with the aerial parts of it. Um, so you don't need to kill off the whole organism when you harvest. Mm. Um, so it's more sustainable and, uh, I, you know, Taste the centauri tincture, taste the gentian tincture right next to them. There are some differences, but they're really, really small. Yeah, it's very um, subtle. And I can't think of any reason why I would have to have gentian over centauri. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No, they're really analogic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. 
Other thoughts around Centauri? I, I really do, though. I, I encourage people to make their own cocktail bitters. It's not difficult. Um, In the herbal medicine making course, there is a, a video, like, step-by-step to show you exactly how to go through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really not... It's not difficult, and it's super fun. And if you're making cocktail bitters, um, you know, you can make excellent mocktails with cocktail bitters. Now, cocktail bitters themselves do have alcohol in them, but when you make a mocktail with them, you're really only putting like one or two squirts in. So the amount of alcohol is certainly like it's completely negligible. It would be completely safe to still drive. It wouldn't necessarily be the preference of someone who is a recovering alcoholic. But if if you were having a mocktail because you just didn't feel like having alcohol or you were going to be driving or something like that, it would would be completely safe. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also could make your cocktail bitters, uh, your recipe with vinegar instead and have it as a shrub. And then there would be no alcohol whatsoever involved. Yeah. Also an option. Yeah. Nice. Right on. Yeah. You know, the usual process for making a cocktail bitter blend is really simple. You're going to just make a tincture first. And again, take take like three flavors that you think go well together and then um, add in a little a little spoon of Centauri into your mix and go ahead and uh, tincture that like normal. Once that's ready, then you can strain it out. But this time you're going to hang on to the mark, the leftover plant matter, and then you're going to mix that with some water. Um, like an equal amount to the amount of alcohol that you got or the amount of tincture that you pressed. Um, uh, and then you're going to just cook the, the mark into that, into that water and basically make tea out of it. Um, and then strain that real well and then combine that tea with the tincture you already made. Um, that'll bring down the alcohol content uh, total a bit um, and complexify the flavor for you. And then if you want, you can add a little bit of you know, honey or molasses or some other sweetener to that. Um, stir that in and you're good to go. So that's the recipe for people who don't need weights and measures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it is it is really fun. And, you know, since we are near the holidays, it makes a fun gift. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm actually really excited because I just made a batch of tea right before we sat down that was mugwort and pine and juniper and orange peel and heather so uh, there's no centauri in it <laughs> but um we could put some centauri in yours I, I, having talked about it now i'm like oh, i might make a little cup or two you know yeah uh, why not? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so we are going to go drink that um and we will see you next week with more yeah it looks like next week we may be talking about go-to cola and i believe chicory mm-hmm. oh fun yeah fun yeah so uh we'll be back to talk to you more then uh, until then take care of yourselves take care of each other drink some tea drink some tea make some bitter faces if you have to when you drink your tea it's fun <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll see you soon Bye bye